to me, the reason why I can't fathom buying Jason Dominguez is like, when is that guy going to be in the majors? Welcome, everybody, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Nate, and today we are taking things a little bit differently. In the future, we are going to be doing a little bit of baseball recap and an interview. Today's interview ran a little bit long, and in interest of not making it an hour-plus podcast, we are just doing an interview today. Um, I interviewed Lou Genoux from uh, Vayner Media. Um and he is a avid Pokemon and baseball card collector. And so we talked a little bit about uh, Pokemon. We talked a lot of bit about uh, baseball, different types of uh, investing strategies and stuff like that. So I hope you all tune in and listen and enjoy. It should be a good way to learn different people's uh, opinions on the card market outside of my own. So I hope you all enjoy and listen in to Luke. Uh, welcome everybody to our interview today with Lou Janu. He is a uh, podcaster for Card Talk Pod, um, and also a avid Pokemon and baseball card collector. Um, I'm sure you've seen him on our channel before. He's been on a couple times, I believe. Um, Aaron's been on his uh, Card Talk Pod with him and uh, Card Collector Two, and Tyler, who works with at VaynerMedia, along with Lou. Um, Lou, thank you for joining us today at Dinging Corners. Um, excited to talk baseball with you. Hell yeah. So. Um, it's, a, it's a great day. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I have been on your platform before. I was in the best episode of Slab Wars ever that, recorded at the National that, last year. That's true. That's People true. don't we talk about that Good enough. Slab War episodes, but Lou took the cake. It's a fact. That is a fact. That is a straight fact. So if you haven't seen that, you're watching this video right now and you haven't seen that, look up, uh, go to Slab Stocks on YouTube, look up Slab Wars at the National, and you will find Lou on there. It is a great time. You get to really see Lou's personality shine through a little bit. So anyways, Lou, um, why don't you, for those of us that have not watched you on one of Slab Stocks videos before or uh, haven't seen any of Gary V's videos from VaynerMedia with you in them. Um, why don't you give us a little background about yourself and uh, your uh, collecting? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Lou Janu. Uh, like Nate was saying, I work uh, as one of Gary Vaynerchuk's assistants. Um, and as part of that work, uh, he and I, actually, well, he and I have known each other for a long time. And back in 2003, uh, one of the first things I ever remember doing with Gary was uh, Gary, my dad, uh, AJ, his brother, and Brandon Warnicky, he works at Wine Library, is one of Gary's closest friends. Uh, we like were hunting for LeBrons back in the day. Um, so that's like one of my earliest memories is card collecting with Gary. So uh, back in 2017, I want to say, or maybe 2018, I can't remember at this point, but uh, he kind he went, went to the National in Cleveland and came back and was like, I'm all in on this. Like, I'm obsessed with this. Like, do you want to do this with me kind of thing? Um, so I was helping him buy cards. We, I was learning about the marketplace. It was a much different place in 2000 and, <laughs> 2018, 17 than it is today, yeah. obviously. Um, but so that's kind of what I've been spending a lot of my time on uh, in the last couple of years. And that's now led to me rediscovering my love for the hobby, uh, rediscovering my love for collecting. And uh, I now also work on a podcast called Car Talk Pod. I host that with Ryan Car Collector 2 and Tyler Schmidt. And pretty much every week we just kind of mess around and talk about cards, talk about what's happened in the marketplace, talk about, you know, what, how we see things falling 
day to day. And then we have some cool interviews as well, including Aaron. We actually have to get you on soon to talk baseball because there's not nearly enough baseball talk on car talk for me personally. Dang. I talk about baseball all day long. Oh, me too. Me too. Yes. It's so we're going to figure that out. I agree. We're going to figure that out. Um, so yeah, so I do car talk. Um, and then I do my own card stuff as well. Now, you know, the funny Gary will tell you that he tried to convince me to buy LeBron's for a thousand. And I said, no, and he tried to convince me to buy Lucas for 35 and 50. And I said, no, both times because I'm scared like that. And that's kind of how I always was. Uh, I didn't buy a single card of my own until, um, well, that's not true. I I bought a couple of things randomly, but my first real foray here was actually two or three weeks before COVID. I bought a bunch, a couple, uh, Lucas for two fifty each. So that was my initial f- entry into the to the car world on my own side um, this time around. So yeah, just loving loving the whole thing. It's getting crazier and crazier by the day, uh, and uh, happy to be involved. Yeah, uh, a couple couple points that Lou brought up here. Uh, number one, I feel your pain on the uh, not getting involved because for years I would give Aaron advice on baseball players and he'd make thousands and thousands of dollars a summer and I would make nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then also Aaron is like, Hey, you got to get into this soccer card market. I was like, I ain't buying soccer, dude. I don't yeah. care about soccer. I'm not buying soccer. And then I missed the boat on um, Mbappe or Mbappe, however you say his name. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, dude, you should be buying these pri- 2014 prism first year Ronaldo's and Messi's when they're like $4 a piece. And I was going to do that. And I just never got around to it because I'd yeah. already, you know, that missed happens. it. And then I was like, oh, I should do this. And I just never did it. So I feel you're paying like on, on the LeBrons and the uh, yeah. uh, Lucas. Uh, my, the second thing you brought up, which is interesting, is you said 2017, 2018, not the same as today. And if you are a new collector, um, back in like, for example, so uh, you might not understand what he's saying. And for an example, Lou, I imagine you would also know, you know, confirm this is that like back in 2017 2018 you could get uh, a lamar jackson prism rookie base card for two dollars a dollar i can confirm that they were being purchased for four dollars because i was looking back at some of our stuff recently okay so four bucks a pop for a lamar jackson base card you go and you look for guys that are good but haven't really proven anything um you're talking josh allen you're talking, uh, you know, Sam Darnold, guys like that. And you're talking 50, 60 dollars a base card, ungraded, 400, $500 for PSA 10s. Um, Kyler Murray, who was really good out last year, obviously, but is like six, $700 a PSA 10 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine that this next wave of players that come out, you know, Jordan Love, as a Packer fan, you know, I'm excited about Jordan Love just because he's young and new. Uh, but you're not going to be able to get into him cheap. He's not going to play for three years, and I bet his prison base cards are going to come out at $30 a pop. That feels low, honestly, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably is low, but just just like two years ago, you could get Lamar Jackson's for dirt cheap. Now you can't get a quarterback that's not going to start for three years for probably 30 bucks. You can't get second-year Patrick Mahomes. A second-year Patrick Mahomes card I was paying – 12x four dollars for ungraded and i was fired up about it so me and my dad back again back in the day uh we used to go my dad lived in uh this is irrelevant for anyone who's not from bergen county new jersey but me and my my daddy's used to live in Bogota, new jersey and there's a little card shop over there uh and we used to go there back in the day 
a couple months ago, actually right before COVID, um, I went in there to buy some stuff, like some some wax. Me and my dad were opening wax. Actually, I bought a box of a uh, 2018 Heritage baseball there, high number. Oh. Uh, so um, I was walking around that store that day, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking about Luca, and I'm like, huh, this is kind of – because there was like a little tinge of the second year stuff happening then, and he must have had, you know, 50 – 2019 Lucas and they were like three to four dollars a pop and I'm like I should just buy these like why would I not like Luca is Luca like what am I doing and I just didn't because I was just being cheap kind of I mean uh, yeah. I, re- I regret that immensely tough to, the, tough to put down like 90 to 100 dollars right um yeah Luca's it's right tough it's tough yeah yeah so I I understand that um now you are you are a Pokemon guy first or a baseball guy first for cards? Uh, for like, at, like what percent do I own or like, where do I see my interest uh, levels? Um, interest levels, enjoyment, that type of thing. I care about Pokemon cards and uncomfortable amount. It, like it's honestly, I think about Pokemon cards more than I think about like, what am I going to like eat today? You know what I mean? Like, I, like I care about Pokemon cards a lot. Like where, like what, Every day, I'm like, what's going on with this? I actually made a deal with someone today for some like sneaky under-the-radar cards that I'm excited about. I'm going to talk about it on Card Talk. But yep. uh, yeah, like I, I, Pokemon to me is the is the closest thing. I think the reason why I'm so attracted to it from a buying standpoint, to me, it's the closest thing to what 2018 basketball felt like in terms of I could – you know what? You and I are different because we've been around it a little bit now. You can kind of feel it when it's coming, you know? Mm-hmm. I could feel it with Pokemon. Um, and it just seems to me like everything is dramatically underpriced. So that's where I spend a lot of my time. I like it. I, uh, I'm a little salty though, because five-year-old Nathan back in 1999, mm-hmm. um, got his Pokemon cards thrown away. Yeah. It'd be like that. Um, so I don't know what was in there and they're probably not in good condition because none of my football cards are uh, basketball cards from back then mm-hmm. baseball cards were in good condition but still the idea that maybe i had decent cards and they were just tossed kills me inside. yeah and it's also like i talked to a lot of people about this now with pokemon they're like i had so much stuff blah blah and i'm like cool like realistically what was happening was you were trading them for like gogurt at the lunch table and like yeah. you were playing with them and they're in trash condition anyway. So like ultimately the only thing that matters with these cards that you had fun with them at the time, that's truly the big point. Like I found all my old Pokemon cards and they're all beat up. And I'm like, you want to know why? Cause I had fun with those back in the day and that's all that matters, you know? So, uh, it's a bummer, but it's okay. Yeah. And you know, the list goes on. I mean, old, old video games. If nobody knows the video game market, if you have PS one oh games, um, I knew PS one games were valuable. Uh, and yet, when my family moved, I had a bin of PS2 games and some PS1 games mixed in, and I accidentally gave the PS1 games away with the PS2 games. Mm. And there was one game in there called Misadventures of Tron Bon, which is a spinoff from Mega Man Legends. She's the evil woman in Mega Man Legends. Okay. It's not really important to the story. It's just a <laughs> very rare game. Yeah. And I only had the disc and not the case, and the case was complete with the booklet and the demo disc to Mega Man Legends 2. If you had the disc and the case and the demo disc, it's like 300 bucks. With just the disc, I got like 90, which is still really good. 
that's still crazy. Like, I, I, the Pokemon games, the sealed graded Pokemon games, sell for like thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's that's, bananas. If 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 we had just known that, yeah, if only we had a time machine that could yeah. have given us the keys to life, we yeah. would have been in such better position. So now I don't. I know like PlayStation Three video games and Xbox games will be overproduced, but. I don't throw those things away anymore. <laughs> I will just keep them in a bin forever and see what happens. Yeah, you know what's funny? I used to make fun of my dad and my mom and my stepdad because they were like hoarders kind of. Yeah. And now I understand because you just said that. Like we both know those cars are those games are not gonna be worth anything. But I'm like, I know why he's gonna hold on to them forever. And that's how hoarding happens. Yep. But there's only a select few things I will hoard. I do not like clutter and I do not want a bunch of stuff. But yeah, you say that until your brewer's clock behind you is worth $150 one day, and you're like, damn it, and then you're keeping every clock you find. <laughs> Fair. You Fair. know? Yep. All right, Lou, well, let's get into the uh, main portion of Dinging Corners. Obviously, everyone that watches Dinging Corners is watching for baseball, um, and uh, I give some baseball takes. Uh, some of them are good. Occasionally, Pete Alonzo takes are bad. Um, and everywhere in between. Um, but most people know what I'm looking for when I'm talking about baseball players, right? Yeah. I want, uh, I want a good walk rate. If he has a good walk rate, I don't care about the strikeout rate as much, but if he has a really high strikeout rate, I want power with it. Um, I prefer guys that have walk rates and, you know, base running and defense to guys with just good walk rates and power and nothing else. So I will prefer a guy like a Ronald Acuna and a Fernando Tatis to a guy like Juan Soto, even though Juan Soto's bat is by far the best of the group. Um, it's just one of those things where I think the added bonus from the defense and the base running should is the all around player will make a better value play uh, moving forward. Um, I could be wrong. You know, bats do sell obviously in this, in the hobby and Juan Soto has the best bat. Right. Um, and so, and people know kind of what I'm looking for with pitchers. You get, get added velocity, you know, high strikeout rates, the whole very generic. Um, if you add a new pitch and it helps you get both guys, both sides of the plate out, that excites me, this, that type of stuff. Um, but what I'm looking for in these interviews is trying to get other people's takes on where they go with their card investing so that people that are watching this video have more than just my um, ideas. Because, well, not to brag, but I have been decently right quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Aaron can attest to that. That's why we, why he uh, signed me on and you know gave me this job was because of how right I had been when making him money on cards. Um and you know, usually, usually do pretty good, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm always going to be correct. And so, the easiest way to uh, get a good knowledge base and to, uh, you know, try to do the best is to get a bunch of different knowledge from a bunch of different people, and then use all that to make your own investment decisions. Um, so that's why we brought you on today. I know you love baseball. And so we're going to just, we can talk a little bit, you know, talk about baseball in general, but then also want to get your thoughts on um, what you are looking for in investment cards, so to speak. Cool. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right in and say, uh, yeah. if, if, you know, what do you, you know, you just talked about having bought a bunch of Juan Soto's, right? Mm -hmm. um, before we jumped on this podcast. And so 
like a guy like Juan Soto, um, what are you looking at specifically, or um, is it him specifically, or are you also investing in other Ronald Lacuna, Fernando Tatis, Luis Roberts type of guys? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I think it varies. So it varies. We talk about this on Card Talk a lot. Uh, there's a big difference between what happens with a major league, how I think about major league investing yep. versus minor league investing. Huge minor league investing is much more of an analytical, like you're saying, like you're thinking about what's their what's their hit walk, what's the blah blah blah, like where are they playing? Do they hit a lot of home runs because they're in the Pacific League or whatever? You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. I think about. To me, a lot of that stuff, a lot a lot of those things are already baked in my mind because I play so much. I play this ridiculous fantasy baseball league and all I do is look at these prospects all day long. So I kind of have a good feel for like this guy's numbers are good, but they're kind of inflated and I could see how this guy's playing. But to me, the thing I think about the most with minor league is a path of the majors. Um, sorry. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good prospects that get stuck mm-hmm. in, in, in the minors because their position blocked, you know, like Brendan Rogers has been a really highly ranked prospect for a number of years now. Yeah. And a lot of people were buying a lot of Brendan Rogers for a long time, be expecting him to become this elite player in major league baseball, which he still might become Kyle Tucker is an example of a guy who is down in the minors for a while and is now finally getting a shot and is, is succeeding. Yep. Um, Clint Frazier, me, another one. Clint Frazier is another one. Let's see if he actually sticks, but he's another one for sure. Uh, but to me, my worst nightmare is getting stuck with a guy who is position blocked or uh, some other reason can't get to the majors. Forrest Whitley's another example. I'm using two Astros because they're in my mind the most, yeah. but Whitley's another example of a guy who just can't seem to get to the majors, no matter how hard he tries. Um, so I think a lot about position. I think a lot about when can this guy really get to the majors? Can he get to the majors in the next two to three years? Cool. I want to start buying some stuff. Otherwise, like, I just think I can better use the money elsewhere. Like to me, the reason why I can't fathom buying Jason Dominguez is like, when is that guy going to be in the majors? Yeah. No one knows. We don't even know. We don't even know if he's good. We have no idea if he's any good. He's 17 years old. He's a, he's a mammoth of a human. He's an alien, but like, can he play major league baseball? Cool. Like I'm the biggest fan of like the international kids. Like I love all that stuff. Like, cool you were awesome in dr but like now you're playing against guys who are professionals who are like ready to go major league prospects you know what i mean and it's a much different animal and when those cards cost a hundred dollars for raw cards i just can't fathom it noel v Marte, another guy noel v Marte is another guy hasn't played in the state state side and yet is 120 dollars a base auto like it doesn't make any sense to me and it's like I'm willing to miss the boat. My The thing I always say is I'm willing to miss the boat. I'm yep. okay with missing out on Jason Dominguez becoming a $1,000 base card because I didn't buy it at 100 because I think I can find some guy who's 20, 20 bucks that can become, you know, 75 bucks, but I could buy five of them. And I'm feeling pretty good about that because it's a lower yep. risk to me. All those things. I think about risk management. I think about path of the majors. That's minor league stuff. Major league stuff. Again, I think about playing time a lot and I think about popularity. The thing that drives card prices is popularity that is Instagram clips, that is Twitter, that is uh Sports Center, things like that. Juan Soto is an electric factory, he's a walking electric factory. Same thing with Tatis. The reason they keep showing those home run dances when they get in the dugout and how the, all the potters are doing that little like dance when they get in the dugout is because it's funny and it's cool. Mm-hmm. And kids see that and people see that and are like, I like that guy, he's popular. I'm gonna buy that card. Yep. 
So I think when you get to the majors, of course, there's you have to look at stats and you have to understand that a guy's not an absolute bum like Joey Gallo. I'm sure a lot of people lost a lot of money on Joey Gallo yeah. because they're buying a bunch of cards. But when you get to the level of, and I also don't, when it comes to the major stuff, I don't mess around too much. I think the the weirdest thing I've done in baseball is by like Miguel Andahar. Like I bought a bunch of Miguel Andahar for like five bucks, raw cards. Cheap, cheap, and cheap investment. Yeah. Like yeah, he, could still, he could still pop. Yeah. I'm not so sure at this point. It makes me a little nervous, but five bucks. I bought, you know, like 10 cards, something like that for five bucks each. I'm yeah. okay. I'm going to be okay on that. I stick with Acuna, Tatis, Soto, uh, Who's another guy like Lindor is a guy I think about a lot. Um, and then for me, the other thing is I don't do pitchers at all. I know you like pitchers. I can't do it. I don't do, I don't do MLB rookie, rookie pitchers. Only I don't do pitchers in the minors either. Shame. I get it. Like I, I could see it to me. Like how much is a, a Max Scherzer rookie card PSA 10? Oh yeah. I don't, I don't have those numbers off the top of my it's head. It's probably not. It's probably not as much they're, as we they're think not a lot. Uh, I know. I know. When I was going through um, with the website stuff we've got coming out, I've been looking at a lot of cards and you know uh, deciding some things without giving too much away. And uh, there's a lot of times where I was like, should I throw this pitcher's rookie card in here? And then I look at like a, a Clayton Kershaw or Max Scherzer, and I said, mm, probably not. What's the likelihood that he it. hits that outcome? Max not Scherzer. Good. PSA 10, 2008, tops update, $205. Fernando Tatis, 2019, top series two, $300. Yeah. The end, like the end. In a world where you're trying to buy cards and sell them for more money, I can't figure out a way to buy uh, Chris Paddock. Like, I'm just not going to do it. No, as I much wouldn't. as I think Chris Paddock is, all, I'm, I'm using Chris Paddock as the example, but like as yeah. much as I'm thinking of, you know, Tristan McKenzie or Forrest Whitley or who, like all these guys, I just can't when I could, when I know I can use that money on, on hitters. And that's where all the interest goes in the end anyway. Yeah. Um, I will say I would never buy MLB rookies, uh, you know, tops update, top series one, series two, uh, pitchers just mm-hmm. wouldn't do it. If you get them, you store them in a box you see what happens if you're, if you're ripping but buying, I would not. As for Bowman Chrome rookies, um, I do think it is a good way for people that don't have a ton of money um, to get into the market because there's, you know, nowadays, you just said it, $275, $300 for a Fernando Tatis rookie. How do people that don't have $300 to drop per card and don't want to grab, you know, very, very high-risk lottery ticket guys, how do mm-hmm. they get into the market and make some money? I think Bowman Chrome pitchers are the perfect example. A couple years ago, uh, Nate Pearson was a $10 Bowman Chrome auto. I told everyone who would listen to buy them. I remember most, that, actually, for some people, reason. Most people didn't because they don't like pitchers. Well, now Nate Pearson is a $75 Bowman Chrome auto. Um, and that's just one way you can get a solid, solid prospect for, for 10 bucks. And if they do well, you know, obviously there's risk. There's huge risk with every pitcher that ever pitches a baseball because it's just not natural on the elbow, not natural on the shoulder. Um, but uh, that's kind of factored in. If there wasn't that risk, you would see a top five pitching prospect go for the same price as a top five hitting prospect, most mm-hmm. likely. Um, but because that risk is factored in, I do think it's a good value play for people that just don't have the money to spend um but that being said i will agree with you on the tops rookies no chance i'd ever buy a chris paddock or a aj puck or a dustin may 
Yeah. Uh, so the the Nate Pearson Bowman Corral models, those were ten dollars raw or graded? Ten dollars raw. Yeah. So Tatis top series two before the season started was like, I don't know, nine bucks, ten bucks. Like they're only thirty-five, like they're fifty now, but obviously because he's popped, right? Like the cards were cheap, raw, they're available. Yeah. You know, like tell me if I'm wrong. I, I just feel like I feel like you have a higher upside buying raw so like even now raw sodas for forty dollars makes a lot of sense to me well i guess i know I guess, it's, a, it's a it's a more expensive card and all that stuff but yeah yeah i'm more comfortable like it feels like you know a 50 dollar raw of tatis unless he becomes the next mike trout that's probably the top end of the range almost i disagree. Right? but maybe maybe not because the market's changing right before our very eyes every single day Every single day, it's different. People um, thought people thought thirty five was a lot. Yeah. Uh, that being said, you can buy. You can't buy Tatis rookies right away, but you can buy Nate Pearson Bowman Chrome autos right when he comes out in the minors. And it's way easier to be productive through the minors if you're a good pitching prospect than it is once you hit the majors. That's and fair. likeways with hitting. Um, what about so, paper prospects? What? like paper prospect cards. Like I think about like, I remember a year and a half ago, like my favorite thing to think about was like minor league prospects that were, you can get them under a dollar each. Like you buy a hundred, you know, my dad actually is a great example of this. He bought 150 Tatis paper rookies for like 75 cents each. I mean, obviously that's a big investment and you can of course scale it down and it might change yeah. prices, but like you put $50 into a couple, into a bunch of those, like those cards are like 20 bucks each now. Like that's yep. a real return, you know? Yep. And that was a year and a half ago. He bought those. Yep. So yeah, I guess either way you look at it, uh, you don't have to go the tops rookies. You can go the, you know, mm -hmm. paper, uh, uh, paper Wander Franco. If you want, if you don't want to buy the regular Wander Franco and stuff like that. And I'm sure your local card shop might just have those in, in, you know, droves because yeah. people just gave back their paper. Banging, I apologize. People are moving above me, I think. And it's like really loud. Sorry. Oh, I can't. I can't hear it. Oh, great. Um, I do want to move back to your minor league, if I can, re if I can draw my memory to remember what I wanted to say here. Uh, back to your minor league takes. Um, oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad podcasting if I can't access. Okay. These I was talking about playing time, path of the majors. Oh yeah, yeah. So playing time, path of the majors. Um, it's funny you bring that up because two players that are doing really, really well right now. Our Ramon Laureano and uh, Teoscar Hernandez mm -hmm. were both former Astros, but the Astros are. are so stinking deep that they just don't have room for everybody. So they gave them away in minor trades. Um, and there you are. Now the Astros would probably love to have them, but at the same time, you just can't play everybody. And some guys take uh, multiple years to develop. Um, Teoscar Hernandez is probably like 27 now. Uh -huh. uh, he's finally having like his first really good year. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, it, it's a huge thing. Huge thing is playing time when you're looking at minor league cards. It's, it's the, you know, do I want to buy, uh, I don't know, Luis Urias. If the Padres have now Luis Urias is obviously Brewer, but the Padres have, um, Fernando Tatis and they just signed Manny Machado. Well, should I be buying Luis Urias? Probably not. Now the Luis Rice gets traded and he becomes a much more uh, ideal target um, because he can play 
uh, shortstop because Orlando Arcia sucks, right? Um, and so path to the majors is a huge thing and a huge thing that I don't think people think about enough when looking at minor league rookies is that you want to go through, or minor league rookies, minor league uh, Bowman firsts, is that you want to go through and you want to look at a player's situation and see, you know, look at the team. Who do you get drafted by? Oh, he's a pitcher, but he got drafted by the Indians. Indians. That's a great that guy's deal. Not coming up for a while. I don't think. No, but they're really good at developing pitchers, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Really good at developing way. pitchers. Um, but then you are a pitcher and you get drafted by the Chicago Cubs. When's the last time the Cubs have had a good pitcher, uh, their, their own pitching prospect, yep. right? It's been years. They drafted a ton of hitters. Now, some of that is because they drafted a bunch of hitters high up and never drafted pitchers high up. And they just paid money for pitchers. But also some of that is because they're probably just bad at developing pitchers. And so you want to look at those situations for those of you that are trying to get into the minor league game is to look at the situations um, that the player is in. If a, if a hitter is drafted by uh, the Angels nowadays, the Angels have been really good at developing hitters lately. Um, that's a good thing. Thanks, but it, what? Yeah, the team is terrible. The team is atrocious. They're, they're, they're really good at developing hitters. <laughs> um, oh, nine and twenty-one. It's just Mike Trout needs to. No matter what happens, no matter who they get every year, all I hear about is the Angels. And then you know what happens? They're, they're not sad. as good as everyone said they were going to be. Nope. Even Joe Adele. I'm obsessed with Joe Adele. This guy can't get it going. It's so upsetting. Yeah. I want that guy to be good so bad. Yeah, it, it's rough. But they've been good. You know the Dodgers. Um. Last year, I was really excited about Josiah Gray because he moved from the Reds, who in their own right are good at developing pitchers, at least developing them once they hit the majors. Mm -hmm. um, but he moves from the Reds to the Dodgers, who are unbelievable at getting uh, everything they can out of every single prospect they get. Um, and so Josiah Gray was an unmolded piece of clay, so to speak. He was a Division II guy who played uh, in the field for most of the years and then Pitch his first year, junior year, gets drafted in the second round, has barely had any time to develop bad habits, um, let alone good ones. So all of a sudden you can just take him and you can just train him. Now he's the Dodgers' like third-ranked prospect, second-ranked mm -hmm. prospect, um, and he's absolutely unbelievable. And, uh, you know, you you got to look at that too. So playing time and situation are a big thing. And then also, like you said, um, looking at park factors and stuff, uh, huge for – the minor leagues. And then a, yeah. another thing I'd like to bring up in uh, correlation with that is that you don't now, I don't know where you fall in the spectrum, Lou, but you don't have to sell once they hit the majors. A lot of guys are like, I buy now. And once they hit the majors, I sell. Mm -hmm. That's a mistake in my mind, because a lot of guys could destroy a ball. You make a lot of money. They get up to double A and they suck. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think about selling guys till they're in the majors, to be honest with you, like for the most part. Yeah, I just it's it's I'm I think people do that. They get promoted to like double A and they're like, I'm going to sell all my, you know, Adley Rushman's or whatever. That's what I do. If I don't. Wait, if Hang on a second. So if, if Adley Rushman gets drafted today, right, let's not use Adley Rushman. Let, let's use uh, let's use a lesser prospect because there's definitely top prospects that I definitely believe in know, the entire way. Nick Madrigal. Okay. Let's use Nick Madrigal. He's in he's in single A or where, he's in double A, right? He's probably at double A last year if I had a guess. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yep. So he's in double A, and then now it's like, all right, we just heard Nick's getting promoted to triple A, and his cards went from his Bowman Chrome base goes from you know eight dollars to fourteen 
you're going to sell those cards at fourteen dollars? Um, it depends on the prospect. So if he's a top five, if he's a top five hitter like a Nick Madrigal, and I think AAA could actually boost his power numbers because he has no power numbers. But if he goes to a AAA, MLB uses the MLB baseball, and I think he can start hitting more home runs, then I wouldn't sell a guy like Nick Madrigal. But if I've got a fringe prospect, um, take a guy like Trent Grisham. Now, obviously, Trent Grisham is really, really good now for the Padres. Yeah, but it's been a couple. It's been a while. Um, but uh, 2015, last year he's like eight dollars. He gets called up, or even less than that, gets called up to Double A. Is killing it. Uh, cards might go up. <laughs> who knows how high and then gets traded to the Padre, um, Padres this offseason. They're 25 before he even plays this year. And I know he played last year in the majors, but before he even plays this year in the majors, I would be selling those cards, but most likely I'd have been selling them once they got to $16, just because some guys, if they're a pop-up prospect, Dylan Carlson too, I'd be selling him. If all of a sudden they have a pop-up prospect, which is just one good year after years of mediocrity, I do not believe in that guy long-term. I'm and a- I would just take my money. I'm the guy who wants to sell on a debut. Like so I know, Joe, I know Joe Adele is getting promoted. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm selling Joe Adele cards, even though I like Joe Adele. Yeah, because I think that's the peak of their popularity. Like no one's going to be more aware of, um, of course, unless he pop and goes off and whatever. But like, it's a to me, it feels like a pretty safe trajectory that like their promotion from like debut is a pretty big peak of their popularity and. In, in turn, a peak of their awareness and car, car value. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I guess for me personally, it would be how active are you on buying and selling and yeah. getting your cards listed because I'm atrocious at it. So there's been multiple times where I'm like, I should list that. I should list that. I've missed the boat on listing it. And then I just hold on to it. Um, yeah. So for me, it's easier to be like, all right, I've made some money instead of waiting and then potentially forgetting or anything, just take the money, reinvest because there's always the next guy. You've learned this. I've learned this every single year without fail. uh, Since cards probably began and people started investing in cards, there's always been the next guy. Yeah. And you know, that gets to something that we talk about a lot on the show. Like two things, actually one is don't overbuy, right? That that's a thing. Like I think a lot of people, get too much inventory in one guy. They get too much inventory, not even on one guy. I mean, it could be on one guy, but it also could be like, they hear about, like they hear me say Joe Adele right now. And then they go by Joe Adele's and they hear you talk about Nate Pearson. They go by Nate Pearson's and it's like, they don't have any context on who those people are really. And they're just buying it. And then they're waiting for a moment. Like, what is that moment? Even like, what is that? That's something we talk about a lot as well. This is the other part of it is what's your exit strategy for a card because that varies person to person like me and you just had a very different yep. pov on like when to sell cards and it, it varies person to person i was a i was a guy who was holding on to everything forever because it was like whatever what i'm just waiting I, i'm just waiting for what i feel like is the most valuable part of this person of most valuable part of this person's career right mm-hmm. now i'm like hey i could take this i i spent you know $25 on this Joe Adele card. I could sell it for 50 bucks. And with that 50 bucks, I could buy uh, X, Y, Z. And I could take that 50 bucks and maybe make that 50 bucks, 150 bucks and that, and so on and so forth. Right. So like it varies person to person. Um, and I think that's a big thing that a lot of people, especially newer folks don't think about Yeah. when are you going to actually get rid of your cards? Yep. They just, they're like, Oh, I can turn this into money later in the future. I'm 
buy, 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 buy. All of a sudden, they spent a thousand dollars. Yeah, and they don't know what they're do- and they don't know what to do. Like, who is Nate Pearson? They don't even know who Nate Pearson is. Yeah. So I guess uh, the best you can do in these situations is do your research before buying. I just saw Gary tweet out uh, the uh, 1:37 p.m. article that keeps getting reposted on Twitter about learning the market before jumping in. Um, he tweets it out every couple of days, I'd say. Um, but it's important. It's a good thing to tweet it out every couple of days because every maybe somebody won't see his tweet every single time, and they're thinking about getting into cards. Well, they need to know that it's not just a magical thing where you buy and all of a sudden you guarantee yourself money later on. Yeah, and it's also not like, oh, I bought this like, uh, I don't know, I bought this card for for thirty four dollars. I graded it and it's eleven hundred dollars now. I have eleven hundred dollars. No, you don't. Nope. You have a poker chip. Still got to sell it. You have a poker chip that's worth eleven hundred dollars. That's different. And until you. Act until you realize that profit, you've made nothing, and you need to act like you've made nothing. Yeah, you can't spend money you don't have yet. That's a yep. big thing. And a lot of people, you know, people do that. They take their credit card. They're like, "Oh, I can spend two thousand, but I'll get six thousand, you know, end of summer." But that credit card bill comes due, and they don't have the money to pay it. They either got to sell a card, or they're in some deep. Yeah. So. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Kids show. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so if you learn anything from Lou, it's know your market, do your research and, and then, uh, you know, learn, learn different strategies. Cause a lot of people have different strategies on when to buy, when to sell, what to buy, what to sell, um, what to grade, uh, and just have a strategy when you're going into the game. Don't try to figure out your strategy on the fly. Maybe you want to double up on the card. Maybe you're willing to just take 25% profit or 50% profit. Um, for me, I like to buy a lot of retail because Aaron and I don't buy cards anymore that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So how I combat that is by just buying retail or hobby boxes um, when they weren't like five bajillion dollars uh, per hobby box. And so I'd buy retail and I just store the cards, take all my Boba Shets and all my Gavin Luxes and all my Aristides Aquinos and all my Keston Heroes and Nixon Zells and just store them. And right now I have like 13 each of Kyle Lewis and Boba Shett and Gavin Lux and Jordan Alvarez. I didn't buy any Kyle Lewis. I feel very bad about that. You should have done that. There was, I had a moment in time where I was like, I kind of like Kyle Lewis and I was looking at his cards and there was somebody selling dinged corner, but a independence day out of 76 and a gold foil for a hundred dollars before the season started hundred bucks. I guarantee right now the gold foil is probably like 70, 80 ungraded. And you're yeah. definitely getting a hundred more than a hundred dollars for the Independence Day, even though it has a ding corner. Yeah, and you know, real quick, I know we're trying to wrap up. Like th- one other thing, I always, whenever I talk to anyone, is like the FOMO aspect. I literally just did it myself, and I caught myself. Don't feel, don't be scared to miss out on something. I talked about it a little bit earlier, but like I'm, I'm not scared to miss the boat. Like. It's okay. Like it's gonna be fine. There's always gonna be more. Like you're saying, there's gonna be more guys. There's baseball is not ending tomorrow. Like there's gonna be more prospects. There's gonna be guys next year, and so on and so forth. And also, one other thing I thought about while you were talking, don't get caught up in prospect lists. Nope. I think people look at a prospect list and they a lot of people bought a lot of Nolan Gorman because he was you know the thirty something ranked prospect. Yeah, and I like Nolan Gorman by the way, but like when he shouldn't have been probably. 
when he shouldn't have been, but he had just gotten drafted. And what always happens is guys get overrun when they first get drafted. I think Spencer Torkelson is like a top five prospect right now. Like he might be really good, but like he's first. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And that dictates prices prospect lists, especially in the minor leagues prospects prospect lists have a big impact on prices of cards, especially, especially MLB pipeline. And I have a big gripe with MLB pipeline because every year it seems like they get lazy and there's just like the seventh, eighth, ninth picks in the draft always magically slot in like in the fifties. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it right. I have MLB prospect list open right now. Spencer Torkelson's number seven. And by the way, these guys, I, I have all the belief in the world. In these guys to be like great players, but like he's seventh, Bobby Witt's 11th, uh, Andrew Vaughn 17th. Um, scrolling here, scrolling here. Like these guys are like so highly rate. Like, I don't even know who Emerson Hancock is. Who is that? Uh, I want to say he's an Indian, but I'm okay. It's a problem that the number 20, that the number 38 prospect, you don't know who he is and you had the wrong team. That's weird for yeah. someone like you who knows this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Quite so frankly. In, in my defense with COVID and with no minor league baseball, whoo, my minor league baseball, uh, studying up on has gone to crap. Sure. But either way, bro, he was the number six pick in the draft this year. How is he the number 38 prospect? I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. That's that's the other thing. With COVID this year, uh, I almost didn't see anything on the draft. Um, I don't know. Draft came and went. I have no idea who's the number one pick. The draft just was kind of there and then just gone, and all of a sudden people were drafted. I'm like, actually, I haven't heard of half these guys because I didn't do any research beforehand. Jason Dominguez's ETA is 2024. So people who are spending $100 on cards – Right now, for Jason Dominguez, he, that guy's not going to be in the majors until I'm like thirty something years old. That's a that's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway. that's that's money better spent elsewhere, probably. A hundred percent comes up and destroys a ball. Then you're about to watch those cards go. Wild. And I'll, I'll be okay if those cards. I hope yeah. he's the best player in the history of baseball. Yep, and that's the thing. You it 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 is okay to miss out because. Uh, a quick story here. Me and a buddy went into the shop. We bought a box of select soccer, $80, got destroyed. There was two boxes left in the shop. The other box had a Cristiano Ronaldo auto out of 20 in it. Um, we were very upset. Well, what what do you know? We put the cards in a box, set them onto the side. I go looking through them the other day. There's a Kevin De Bruyne base and a, a Marcus Rashford base in there. So you're... Mbappe's and your Jordan Sancho's and whatever you you know those guys they rise up you feel like you missed the boat well all of a sudden that $80 we spent on that box is got back on just those two base cards because now these secondary cards are rising up and yeah, so we were talking about that on the show recently as well as like wax is really interesting because you're basically betting on the whole class as opposed to just buying a, a lot of people bought a lot of Baker Mayfield and yep. they didn't buy any Lamar yep so yeah. Yep. It 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 is very weird. Wax is very weird. Um that's why I like uh like Top Series 1 this last year. I'd have bought all the Top Series 1 wax because the rookie class was just so deep. Yeah, it was Jordan, Robert, well, Robert Series 2, but Jordan Robert Series 2. Lux, oh, my bad. Bichette, um Lewis, Aquino, uh, even lesser guys yeah, like tons Is- of guys. Isan Diaz, yeah. um stuff like that. It's just like 
you know, the top three are going to be the top three, but if any of the other three, four good players pop, like Kyle Lewis did, all of a sudden that's huge. You buy a bunch of wax, you get a bunch of Kyle Lewis, four of your 15 PSA 10, and you probably have all of the money back you spent on all of the wax, and you still have all of your Bichettes and your Yardons and your Gavin Luxes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, anyways, Lou, oh, we've probably run a little bit long on this uh, here interview. Uh, 45 minutes. That was I'm good, sure, though. I'm sure Aaron expected it to be like uh, a 15-minute interview with a 15-minute lead-in. but eh. Aaron can relax. Yeah, Aaron can relax. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, if you're watching this while you're editing this, you can relax. Relax. Um, so, uh, Lou, um Lastly, before we end, just give you a moment to shout out what you have going on. I know we talked about Card Talk Pod, but if you want to just tell people where they can go uh, find it, listen to it, um, if it's on YouTube, the whole nine yards, just say what you got going on and let people know. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you again for having me. It was awesome. Always happy to talk baseball. So, uh, yeah, Card Talk, uh, we release every Wednesday audio on Apple and uh, Spotify. Video comes out every Friday on YouTube. It's actually – YouTube is – popping off which i kind of should have expected but it does really well and uh, obviously i guess people like watching it so thank you to anyone who has watched it so far when you're bored with dinging corners when you've rewatched that episode for the fourth time and you're looking for something new hopefully you'll come check us out please leave us any comments we love to check those out love to read love to talk to people in the community everything like that so yeah car talk at car talk pod on instagram as well sweet well thank you lou for uh, joining us for everyone that's listening please go check them out at card talk pod on instagram at card talk pod on youtube and stuff um and i've watched a couple it's always very enjoyable three uh good personalities um which is thank nice you. you sometimes you get a dry personality like myself uh <laughs> a little bit ugly to the eyes too it's just I a actually, combination Nate, um, you and i get along yeah i love your personality <laughs> Uh, very, uh, very degrading towards myself sometimes, but you know, me too. That's okay. Yeah. That's how you, you got to so that when other people try to, uh, it doesn't affect you. Yeah. So anyways, Lou, thank you for joining, uh, Dingy Corners. Thank you for being the first guest to talk baseball with me. We'll try to get more on here and, uh, have a good rest of your day. Later guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to that interview. I just did with illusion new from Vayner media. Um, if you haven't done so yet while you're listening to this podcast, please go follow him at Card Flipping on Instagram and also follow his uh, new podcast he does with Card Collector 2, Ryan and Tyler Schmidt from VaynerMedia, uh, Card Talk Pod. So you can follow their podcast on YouTube, subscribe there, and also on uh, Instagram. They have an Instagram page at Card Talk Pod. So uh, please go there and subscribe and give him a follow. So thank you, everyone, for listening in to today's episode of Dinging Corners, and I will be back again with you next week for some more Dinging Corners. Thank you, everyone.